Show me your path. 
He's getting worse. I know. I, uh, I'll make the opportunity. Talk to him this very day. Son, I, uh... Well, your mother... Well, we both... Well, I mean, I think it's time I had a father-to-son talk with you. Now, what about father? You. <laughs> Good topic. Proceed, Father. I'm listening. It's serious, son. Well, of course it is, Father. I can tell by the look on your face. You, uh... Well, you, your mother and I think you're getting to be quite a wild young man. Wild? Well, you're doing things you shouldn't. Wicked, bad things. Well, I'm having fun, enjoying myself. That's what you mean. I mean the path you're taking leads downward to eternal destruction. Oh, Father, you worry too much. I'm merely indulging in innocent fun. Folly, not fun. You tread upon dangerous ground, my son. Once on the downward path, the descent becomes faster and faster until finally evil perverts the mind and Satan takes control. Uh, you misjudge me, Father. I mean, I have no intention of sinking as low as you so vividly describe. Uh, no one shall control me, especially not Satan. Then discontinue your evil ways. Be noble as you once were. Be truthful and honest. Be worthy of a good name. Or you shall become a reproach to your family and bring dishonor to yourself. Oh, as I said, Father, you worry too much. I am young, and I intend to enjoy myself while I'm still young. And when the time comes, the proper time I shall do as you suggest. I shall become an honorable man and a credit to you and Mother and myself. I can and will change whenever I choose to change. No one can control me, not even the evil one. Son, you're getting worse. You're intemperate, frivolous, and you... You worry too much, Father. <laughs> what are we to do about our son? I don't know. I've talked to him many times, threatened him, advised him, warned him, even begged him. But he won't listen. He keeps right on sinking lower and lower. Sometimes his talk makes no sense, as if he were insane. I'll talk to him again during one of his more sane, sober moods. Son, I I'd like to... I know. You wish to talk to me uh, about me. Well, don't. It'll do no good. It, it's too late. I, I'm helpless. I'm under the complete control of Satan, as you said I'd be. 
He's lured me with many charming promises of pleasure and power, but now that I am in his power, no longer is he charming. He has become fiendish in his cruelty to me, and terrible in his angry visitation when I try to repent and change. <laughs> Insane. Possessed of evil spirits. Evil spirits? Yes, I am possessed by evil spirits. They control me. I, I obey them. I obey them. <laughs> I obey them because they tell me to. <laughs> the entire town is whispering, making fun of us and our our son. Yes, I know, I know. He's a disgrace to us and a burden to himself. A result of the so-called pleasures of sin. I was weak. Wine. Son, stop that muttering. This instant. <laughs> Hopeless. Hopeless. Our son, possessed with evil spirits. Our son. Our son. Jesus is here in Capernaum. What's so exciting about that? He often comes here to visit and rest at the home of Simon Peter. Jesus is going to speak on the Sabbath in the house of worship. We'll go hear him. We'd better go early if we want to get in. Everyone in town's going. We'll go early. Ready to go, dear? Ready. I, I'm going to. <laughs> Why this sudden interest in going to worship services? I, I'm going to. Are the evil spirits telling you to go? Evil spirits. <laughs> evil spirits forced me to go. I go. <laughs> As Jesus was in the synagogue speaking of the kingdom he had come to establish and of his mission to set free the captives of Satan, he was interrupted by a shriek of terror. Let us alone! What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? Oh, I know thee, thou art the Holy Son of God! I am kept a help as Satan has me. Hold thy peace, my son. And as for thee, evil spirit, come out of the boy and hurt him not. Oh, holy one. Even in my condition, I, I felt I was in the presence of one who could set me free. I tried to come within reach of thy healing hand, but the evil power held me back. I thought to appeal to thee, O oh Lord, but the demon within me put other words in my mouth. Thank thee, and praise be unto thee forever, O oh Lord, for delivering me from the power of evil. The young man is free from his insanity. His face is bright with normal intelligence and understanding. What happened that he is free from the evil spirits? Is it a new doctrine, a new teaching? Jesus merely spoke with authority, commanding the unclean spirits to come forth from the man. They obeyed, and they hurt not the young man.
will continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. playground to learn more about health. Let's talk with Jason, the captain of the soccer team. Jason, what's the secret of your amazing success? I never kicked the ball. How do you keep from kicking the ball? By letting other people do it. But how do you explain the fact that your team wins so many games? Everybody else is really good at kicking the ball. All I have to do is say, hey, go over there and kick the ball. And they do. Works great. So you run around the field. Right. Shout at your teammates. Right. Never kick the ball. Right. And win the game. Weird, huh? Let's talk about you. You seem to be in such great shape. Running and shouting takes a lot of energy. You can burn a lot of calories doing that. I'm sure kicking the ball takes a lot of energy, too. But I wouldn't know. So what I hear you saying is that to be in good shape, you need to do a lot of moving, running, shouting, stuff like that. When we score a goal, I jump up and down. That's good for me. And when we win a game, we all bump into each other and slap our hands together. There's 100 calories right there. Do you have any interest in any other sports? Baseball. I love baseball. Just one problem. Let me guess. You can't hit the ball. I'm planning on being the world's first professional pinch runner. This is Sam with Live with Sam. Goodbye. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. 
to learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. things like gold and precious jewels. But in heaven, those things will be ordinary, everyday stuff. The streets will be paved with gold, and jewels will be used to build the city walls. But these things will look plain and worthless compared to the beauty of God's glory. So let's set our hearts on heavenly treasures that come from loving God and caring for others. Matthew 6, verses 19 and 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Your is, there your heart will all
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. Tommy's First Prayer by Thelma Norman The bell rang, signaling the end of the school day. Seventh and eighth graders poured out into the hallway, talking excitedly among themselves. Because there were no classes the following day, the eighth graders had planned an excursion and had invited the seventh graders to come along. Everyone was to be at the school at 7.30 the next morning, where a bus would be waiting. First, they would visit a teacher's college in the next state and tour their museum and observatory. Then they would go through a bakery and canning factory. They would be back at the school at 10 o'clock that night. Tommy, do you think you can go? Lucinda asked. It was well known that Tommy was seldom able to attend school functions. Her family lived back in the hills more than five miles from town, and their only transportation was a box wagon and a pair of mules. Tommy looked doubtful. If I had a way to get to the school and back, I'm sure my parents would let me go, she replied. You can ride in with us if your folks will let you come over early in the morning, Lucinda said, but I'm going to spend the next night in town with Laura, so you'd have to find another way home. Oh, thank you, Lou, Tommy beamed. Here comes my bus. See you tomorrow, I hope. Tommy's thoughts raced a mile a minute all the way home. Her Uncle Bill had a car, and she knew he'd be glad to come to the school the next night to get her. After all, she was his favorite niece, a fact he made no effort to hide. But how would she get a message to Uncle Bill? He lived three miles from her home. Maybe if I hurry and get my work done, and if I can find the cows without too much trouble, I'll have time to walk over and see Uncle Bill myself, she thought. Tommy's mother listened to the eager words as her daughter outlined her plans for the next day. And mother, don't you think I'll have time to go over to Uncle Bill's and see whether he will pick me up tomorrow night? I'll hurry. You'll have to ask your dad, mother replied. Tommy knew that her plans had hit a snag. No, you can't go over to Bill's tonight, father said sternly. Don't you remember what happened last night when you went after the cows? Tommy remembered all too well. While hunting for the cows the previous evening, she had found a tangled mass of string and had sat down on a log to untangle the snarls and wind the cord up neatly. So intent had she been on salvaging the tangled string that it was dark almost before she knew it. Then she had jumped up and hurried through the woods, listening for the cowbells, calling, searching. Finally, she had given up and returned to the barnyard, only to find that the cows had returned home by themselves and the family had half the milking done. She had gotten quite a severe scolding. But, Dad, this is different, Tommy said. No, it isn't, he interrupted. If you can't be trusted one day, how can I trust you the next? You can just consider this as part of your punishment. Now go on and get the cows and be quick about it. Tommy knew better than to argue with her father. She walked sadly to the pasture. Maybe Uncle Bill will come over to visit tonight and I can tell him, she mused out loud. Maybe if I prayed, he might come. I've heard that God answers prayers. Lucinda and Dixie say it's true, and they both go to church. And that paper that Aunt Nola used to send me, I think it was called Our Little Friend, had lots of stories about how God answers prayers, only they were all about little children. Maybe you're supposed to take care of yourself when you get as big as I am. Still, I think I'll try it. She walked farther into the woods. I think people kneel when they pray, she said to herself, so that is what I'd better do. She knelt down beside a small sassafras tree and said her first prayer. She explained that she didn't know much about praying, but she hoped God would understand. 
She told him how badly she wanted to go on the trip the next day and how it all depended on Uncle Bill. She asked God if he couldn't fix it somehow for her to see Uncle Bill that evening. She'd be so grateful if he would. Tommy knew enough about prayer to end with an amen. Then she resumed her search for the cows. It wasn't long before she had them all in the barnyard. After quickly finishing the rest of her work, Tommy began to get ready for the next day's trip. All the while, she listened for the sound of a car. Her brothers came in after finishing the outside chores, supper was eaten, the dishes were washed, and still Uncle Bill hadn't come. Tommy grew more and more anxious. Finally, her father put down his newspaper and announced that it was time for bed. Shortly afterward, he blew out the lamp and the household settled down for the night. Tommy was terribly disappointed. She knew that any hope of seeing her uncle that night was gone. People didn't go visiting after bedtime, not in the country where work starts in the morning before sunup. Maybe there isn't much to this religion business after all, she thought to herself. It would have been nice to know that God answers prayers. At last, she fell asleep. Suddenly, Tommy was awakened by a loud pounding on the door and a voice that shouted, Anybody home? That voice. It was Uncle Bill. Tommy struggled into her clothes. She heard her father getting up and lighting the lamp. Something must have happened, she heard her mother say, or he wouldn't have come this time of night. Tommy walked into the front room as her father opened the door. Uncle Bill was not alone. He had brought his whole family, even Granny, who lived with them. Is something wrong? Tommy's mother asked anxiously. It's late. Why, it's after 11 o'clock. Oh, it's just some of Bill's foolishness, Granny said, half grumbling, half laughing. The rest of us were in bed, and Bill made us get up to come over here. He said he couldn't fall asleep and was going to come over here to see if Tommy would pop him some popcorn. Tommy quickly told Uncle Bill about the trip the next day and how she needed a ride home after it was over. Sure, her uncle said, I'll come for you tomorrow night if you'll pop me some popcorn. I'll pop you a whole bushel of popcorn, Tommy exclaimed. Better get started then, Uncle Bill teased. That's going to take a while. Tommy hurried into the kitchen and began building up the fire. Then she stopped. She should say thank you. God, I'm so glad to know that you really do answer prayers and you must care about me. Thank you so much. Someday I hope to find out more about you. Thank you again. Amen. Later, listening to the voices of the family in the front room and to the pop snap of the popcorn in the pan and feeling the warmth of the fire, Tommy mused contentedly over the happenings of the day. It was possible that what she had discovered that day could make a big change in her life. And she was right. It did. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become.
Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.